0: I love Jesus everything that I know about him I love and every part of him that I know I love and the things that I can't understand about him I love and the things that offend me I love because the things that he has said or done that offend me if I'm willing to simmer down and really listen and apply it to my life, it changes me. It heals me. It transforms me. Everything Jesus is wonderful. And in my life, um, Jesus has come to be seriously my best friend. He has come to be my number one. I am just about to be 30 years old and I haven't lived a super long life and I don't pretend to have all of life's experiences. I don't pretend to know everything. I'm actually the first one to say I don't know and I have a lot to learn and um, I'm willing to accept that I'm not knowledgeable in some things and maybe immature in some ways, just given time and experience. But um, I've lived long enough to know that Jesus really, really is who he says he is. And when he says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age, um, he wasn't lying. And for me personally, Jesus has been, my best friend and especially over the last um you know three to five years I've had so much change and so much transition in my life that some of it has been traumatic you know a baby is born and yeah it's life's miracle and it's beautiful but it's also traumatic especially for the mama and especially for the baby you know, the baby's been resting in that womb all this time, chillaxing, you know, the food's coming for free and the warmth is there and the security is there and the shelter is there. And then the next thing you know, mom starts pushing you and your head starts getting squeezed and pushed and you start having to, to constrict and Things are changing and it's moving really fast and maybe you start hearing sounds you haven't heard before and feeling things you haven't felt before and it's traumatic. You go from a place of comfort to everything being new, everything changing, you know, think of the muffled sounds and then all of a sudden things are loud and mom is screaming and, um being in this dark place and now all of a sudden the lights in the hospital room are on and you know you've never been touched and now you're being held by hands what even are hands what is that what's happening everything changes and it's good it's life it's a new dimension it's a new place it's a new a new life but it is dramatic and traumatic and a lot happens and in my life over the past four years, there's been that tra- uh, trauma of change, trauma of transition, changing rapidly, coming to know Jesus in such a beautiful, close, intimate way and having that so radically changed my life, seeing light where I didn't see it before, having to stretch when I didn't know what stretching was, hearing in a way I've never heard and having to apply that to my life and learning to walk in a new dimension, learning how to operate in a new dimension. And in that process came separation from friends, separation from, uh, traditions, separation from routines and patterns and, um, change. Everything changed. And I was afraid. You know, I don't, I don't want to leave what I know. I don't want to learn something new. I've got this. I've got this down. Don't challenge me. Don't stretch me. Don't push me. I'm comfortable in this place. And the Lord says, oh, it's it's time for a new dimension it's time for a whole new place and in that transition though it's exciting can come loneliness separation anxiety worry fear of the future the unknown god says to abraham go into a land that i will show you okay so what direction what what steps do I take? You ain't even going to show me the place. You're going to tell me to leave without direction to go to a place that you you want me to go? That'd be like me calling you and saying, "Hey, go to a place that I will show you." And you're like, "Okay, you pack your bags, you throw them in the car, you start the engine, you call me." "Hey, what you going to show me?" "No, go to the place and I will show you." What you mean? how go and then i will show and and abraham left he went in faith and then god began to reveal the steps for him that is uncomfortable and so i found myself in in some tears in some you know, sleepless nights, some concerning places, God, what are you doing? And Jesus was with me. He led me. He taught me. He showed me the word of God. He showed me how you move through transition. He, he led me to Ezekiel 16, where God is a midwife He showed me how the Father will walk me through transition and lead me just like a father begins to help their child walk. You know, Jesus was there for me. Jesus has has truly been my teacher. He's really been the one who patiently took time to sit down and show me the word of God. Jesus has been, you know, my friend when I felt like, man, I've lost everyone and everything. I'm in this, I'm on this journey. I'm on this path. I mean, even last year when the Lord asked me to to go to Africa, that's actually next week will be one year that I that I left and went to Africa. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, go to Mozambique. For two and a half months and I obeyed him trauma oh my goodness I had two months to get ready to go two months to get $7,000 together two months to get my shots and my documentation and my visa and to get my life together two months And the next thing I knew, two months later, I was on a plane telling everybody goodbye, venturing out to Africa by myself to meet with a bunch of people I had never met before. I did not know. Traumatic. And I cried tears and I went through the trauma of transition, but there was somebody who did not leave me. There was somebody who, even in the midst of... Me having to isolate myself to obey God and separate myself to obey God would not separate himself from me. Jesus. I remember being on the plane and just fighting tears like what have I just done? Why on earth did I decide to leave my life and go to Africa after so many things had already changed? I had already taken so many big steps of change and transition. And now you're going to ask me to go to Africa. Why did I do this? Why am I here on the plane? No turning back. And there's Jesus. I will be with you always, Jade. To the end of the age and even to the end of Africa you're gonna be fine. This is good for you. And I was able to because of him quiet my soul. I was able to because of him, obey him. And now a year later, I could not be more grateful for that trip to Africa. And I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to be in that dirt. Again, I can't wait to put my face in that dirt again. I can't wait to sit among the the poor and give my life in that way again. And for those of you that feel that great call, but you can't go yet and it's not your season yet, don't forget you've got the poor right in your own country. Maybe like for me, In my country, America, they're under the bridges. But they're there. And so before you go to Africa, and that season will come if that is in your heart, just remember that the poor are in your own country. Maybe they're in bridges. Maybe they're in ditches. But they're there. And don't forget to visit the poor in your own nation before you go to the poor in other nations. But I can't wait to go back. I, I could never replace the, the transformation that took place inside of me. If I were um, presented with that all over again, all over again, I would say yes to Jesus. Because I know he's with me. He was with me. In Africa, He was with me in those faith steps where Jesus said, leave this, step away from this, step into this, open this door. And I did those things in faith, not knowing what was on the other side. And Jesus was always on the other side. Also, he was with me, getting me to the other side. I love Jesus. Jesus corrects me. And then doesn't talk behind my back about it. It's wonderful. He can come to me and say, hey, Jade, this doesn't please the heart of my father. And I'm going to show you how to do it differently. I love you. And I'm so, I'm so happy that you'll obey this. And then, And then I can say, yes, Lord, I'm sorry. Help me change that. And then when that conversation is done, he doesn't go call someone else and talk bad about me. Oh, I love that about him. He doesn't talk bad about me to other people like I can trust him. Like I can tell him the deepest, darkest secrets. I can tell him my innermost thoughts. I can tell him my struggles and I know he's not going to pick up the phone and call someone else to tell them. I know he doesn't talk bad about me, but the Bible says he prays for me. Jesus prays for me. That is cool. He prays for me. You know, he said to Peter, Peter, I have already prayed for you that your faith would remain. Jesus was praying for his own disciples. I'm praying for you, not that you have things perfectly. I'm praying for you, not that you don't face any opposition, not that you're never sick, not that you never go through hard times or trials or tests or tribulations. No, I'm praying for you that in it all, your faith will remain. Jesus doesn't talk bad about me. He prays for me. I love that he can hold my secrets. I love that he can see something wrong with me. And come and tell me. He's so different. He doesn't do things like the world. He doesn't do things like just ordinary people. He's so different. Jesus is my secret keeper. My sin forgiver. He he. He prays for me instead of talks bad about me. I love Jesus. He's so good. And you know, he doesn't talk bad about you either. And he's seen it all. He has seen it all. Some people will call their friends and go crazy talking bad about you whenever they see you do like something really simple that's bad. Or they hear, you know, something you said or something you did. They'll call somebody and man, by the end of it, they've assassinated your character. But Jesus can see the things you would never even tell another living soul. Not even your wife, your husband, your closest friend. You won't even go there. Jesus saw it and he don't talk bad about you. He prays for you. This is the Jesus that I know. The Jesus that I love, full of love for me, full of love for you. No negative intention, no bad motive, no wrong intention. Just love. And He has been my friend, He has been my mentor, He has been my healer physically. And emotionally, you're just like me in the sense that you have had emotional problems, whether it came from your family or a relationship or some abuse that was done to you. I don't know what you've been through, but we've all been through something where our emotions get all out of whack. Our souls can have wounds. And I know Jesus has been my wound healer. He has gone deep into the crevices and the corners of my mind and my soul and my emotions, and He has healed me and He is healing me. Have you ever, like, just really despised a part of your own personality? Like you wish you weren't like that, but it just keeps happening and you wish you didn't do that, but it just keeps happening and you wish you didn't feel that way, but you just keep feeling it. It's like, oh, I just wish I was different. I wish I could change. And Jesus has been that person for me who has actually changed those things. And if they're not completely there yet and they're not, he's He's continuing his work. Philippians 1.6. He's faithful to complete what he started. If it takes him to the point that I leave this planet, he's faithful. But he's the one who's changed my personality and is changing it. From the parts of me that I see, I say, man, I don't like that. I don't want to respond like that. I don't want to be afraid like that. I don't want to be rude like that. I don't want to... Uh, be insecure like that I don't want to be mad about these things I don't want this he's the one who's faithful to come in and say okay well then let's change it and he's been that in my life Jesus has been my wound healer he didn't come and like just put a bunch of band-aids over gaping wounds like people might do. But he went deep in and did a work, healed infections and let things drain out that need to drain out and went deep into the wound, went deep to the root of the problem and began to transform me. Jesus has brought me to a place as a person where I can say, you know, I know that I'm imperfect and I know that I'm, Uh, got issues, and I know that I'm a work in progress, and I know that I'm I'm broken and poor in my soul without Jesus Christ, and I know that there's iniquity in my blood passed down from Adam all the way to my great-great-grandfather, to my great-grandfather, to my grandfather, to my father, to me. I know that I can be problematic. I know that I can be moody, I know that I can be rude. I know that I can be judgmental. I know that I can be opinionated. I know that I can be wrong and prideful. But I know how to repent. And that is the glorious work of Jesus Christ in my life. I know how to repent. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, I was wrong for that. I need help. Please don't let me stay the same. Change that monster inside of me. Get it out. I'm in a place where I can say I'm sorry. I'm in a place where I can say I know I'm wrong. I'm in a place where I can say I know I've been prideful and it's ugly and I don't want those ugly parts anymore change me Jesus and only Jesus can get you to that place and he has for me and I pray that throughout my life he continues to bring me back there Jade don't change your name to Judas on me please you know oh I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry. I pray that to the day that I die, there's an element of humility that comes from Christ that keeps me in a place that says, I'm poor without him. I'm in need of change every day. I need my character and my personality to be touched by Jesus every day. Because there is a monster waiting like uh, genesis says sin is crouching at the door every day sin is crouching at the door you either let it jump in and take over and then just get full of pride and defend yourself and you become a self-righteous pharisee or you're just like oh wow yeah i need change yeah i need to pray I need to repent. I need to say I'm sorry. I need to lay on my face and let my heart break. I need to get rid of this pride because I don't want to be like Satan. People talk about pride like it's no big deal. Like, yeah, man, I deal with a lot of pride. Christians, I ain't mad at you if you're in the world. How do you know better? But Christians, Christians. Yeah, I deal with a lot of pride. You know who else dealt with a lot of pride? Satan, and he fell out of heaven for it. You know, this is a situ this is a disease we need to uh address. We need to treat. We need a cure, and that cure is Jesus Christ. And I know for my life that pride in me is being uprooted and cured by Jesus. Not that it doesn't come back. And not that I don't have moments Where I can feel pride. But because of an intimate relationship with Jesus, I can hear him. I can feel him when he begins to correct, challenge me to change. I love Jesus, he's been my friend, the lover of my soul. I grew up singing that. Jesus, lover of my soul, Jesus, I will never let you go. And I don't think I I really understood the depth of what I was singing. But through the course of my life, through heartbreak, through challenges, through disappointments, things that I never thought would happen, you know, life just happens. And you get a phone call and you're like, no, no devastation can hit in a second that's that's called life it's changing and it's shifting and it's all over the place but then there's jesus a solid rock a lighthouse a tower hebrews 1380 is the same yesterday today and forever and through those devastating moments those tragedies and things that have happened in my life i'm like oh wow Jesus, you are truly the lover of my soul. You you have loved me. The most broken, ugly parts. He's my friend. He's the lover of my soul. He's my mentor. He's my teacher. He's my covering. He's my authority. He's my Lord. He's my shepherd. He leads me. And he's my corrector. <laughs> you know, Jay you Yes, Lord, I hear you. Sometimes it takes me a little time, but I do hear you. Jesus is, is everything to me. And I don't know every biblical thing. Somebody could come try to fight me over this. That's fine. You know, we can have a word war, uh, word war or whatever. But I'm not worried about that. I'm not trying to prove some historical standpoint, philosophical perspective. No, I'm just saying Jesus is real deal to me. And I'm not like on crack cocaine. I'm not, you know, dancing with fairies out in Neverland. I've got uh, common sense, you know. And I'm a human just like you. And I've, you know, been to school, I've gotten degrees, you know, whatever. Jesus is my everything. He has been everything to me. And at any moment where I needed somebody to be something and they weren't, Jesus was that to me. He is altogether together perfect and he is perfect for me and i love him and i know him and he knows me and he accepts me and if he can accept me he can accept anybody jesus is my everything And if you want him to become something more to you than a philosophy, more than a religion, more than an opinion, more than an idea, more than a Facebook status, more than some distant thing that you don't really know anything about, more than a passed down title of Christianity, then I encourage you, go to your room, close your door, and by yourself get on your knees And talk to Jesus.